Hello and welcome to City Life. We are so honored to have you for today's broadcast. Our prayer is that the word ministers to your heart and the worship uplifts your spirits. Before we go into the sanctuary, I would like to invite you to be our guest at City Life. We have three dynamic worship experiences every Sunday morning at 9 a.m., 11 a.m., and 12.30 p.m. And our midweek services on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We have something for the entire family. Our children's ministry is over the top, and our middle school and high school ministry is full of life-giving community. Now, as we head into the sanctuary, allow the Word to challenge and change your life. Be blessed. We're going to go to the Word today. But as you go there, I just want to um, thank every MVP, every City Life servant leader, our staff, all of those that have made this week impossible. Uh, we started on Friday night. Had a huge day yesterday at our East Lake campus, and then four services today, hundreds and hundreds of people that gave. Would you put your hands together for all of our MVPs, from golf carts to singing on a platform, running cameras? Thank you for all you've done to help advance the gospel this week. I want to talk to you for just a few moments today from the subject Love Has a Name. Love Has a Name. The Bible tells us in John chapter 3, verse 16. The Bible said, for God so loved the world, not just loved the world, but so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The Bible teaches me that while I was a sinner, it says in Romans, that he died for me. I didn't belong to a church. I didn't know him, but he knew me. It's amazing when you think that today many people have been born into this world, but also thousands have stepped into eternity. Matter of fact, as I begin to study and I begin to look and research this week, I found that 131.4 million people are born every year. 360,000 people are born every day. 15,000 every hour. 250 people are born every minute and four births every second. While I was just talking, there are thousands of babies crying right now. I think there were a few in our last service. But also people are being ushered into eternity. I found out that 55.3 million people die every year. 151,600 people each day. 6,316 people every hour, 105 people die every minute, and two people die and step into eternity every second. The counters you see on the screen behind me, these are actually counters that are counting birth rates and death rates. Actual counters that are ticking down people arriving here on planet Earth or stepping in to eternity. But what you have to understand, these are more than mere numbers. These are more than just statistics that I read to you. Every number has a name. Every number has a name. Every number is important. Thousands of people will have come through City Life Church this weekend. Last year, we had over a thousand kids in our kids' church. But more than just numbers on a paper, more than just people that fill a building, every number has a name. You know, names are sometimes change. They're acquired through marriage. Matter of fact, you can start out as Sean Puffy, Sean Combs. You can even move to Sean Puffy Combs. Transition to Puff Daddy. Eventually hit P. Diddy. 
and then stop at just Diddy. Now I think from now on, I'm going to go as T. Diddy. Maybe Pastor T. Diddy. But whatever your name is, it matters. Every number has a name and every name has a story. I thought about the story of Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish. More than a statistic, you would have everlasting life. I thought about the story of Jesus. Jesus was given to a young girl. Mary, just a young girl, lived in a normal neighborhood, didn't have a title or grand position, but just an ordinary girl. I love how God invades the ordinary people's world with a supernatural plan. Just ordinary people. She was just Mary from around the block. She was just Mary from the neighborhood. You say, well, Pastor, man, you're just like in this rap flow, you know, in this R&B. Some of our older saints are like, what is he talking about? Just an ordinary girl from an ordinary neighborhood engaged to an ordinary guy, but God interrupted her world and gave her Jesus. I'm telling you, he is doing that today. He is interrupting ordinary people's life to give them Jesus. The Bible said Jesus was born. He was born in Bethlehem, laid in a manger. The Bible said at age 12, he began to amaze the scholars and the teachers. They looked at him and said, how does he have all this revelation? having never learned. He's never went to school. He's amazing, even us. It wasn't long that this young man, everywhere he went, everything he touched was made different. He changed water into wine. He opened the blinded eyes. He touched lame legs. He was amazing when he walked on water and spoke to the wind and the waves. He showed up at the least likely of places and when he left, he left his imprint on the world. They were amazed how he walked into Jairus' house and before he left, the young girl that died began to live again. They were amazed when he showed up four days late for the funeral of Lazarus and they were glad to see him but wish he would have come just a little earlier and Jesus said, show me where you've laid him. Tell me where you put him. And they said, well, he's in the grave because he's been dead for four days. Jesus said, well, take me there. And they said, Jesus, he's in the grave and he stinks by now. He's been dead for four days. They didn't have embalming fluids like we have today. And Jesus said, take me to the place and move the stone. They said, are you sure? He surely stinks. He doesn't just stink. He really stinks. And Jesus said, I'm willing to step right into the midst of the stink of your life, the place no one else else wants to go, the place no one else is willing to move into. And Jesus rolled away the stone, stepped right into the midst of the stench of death and spoke the name of Lazarus. And Lazarus was raised from the dead. Everywhere he went, lives were changed. And then he entered the city as we talked about last Sunday on Palm Sunday. And the Bible said, as they entered the city, Hosanna's rang out. And they began to cry and shout because they knew that the king had arrived in the city. They cut down palm branches and they laid them before as they would any conquering king that would enter a city. And they celebrated. And Jesus got to the city. As I said last week, he got right to work. On the first day, he brought order to his kingdom. He walked into the house of God and he turned over the tables of the money changers and declared this house will be a house of prayer. And miracles begin to break out. Anytime you invite Jesus into your world, he always brings order in your world. He always brings structure in your world. And the Bible said miracles begin to happen. Some of us want a breakthrough in our lives. 
life, but it will never happen unless our world is in order and let our life is in order. And the Bible said on day two, he taught us as he spoke to a fig tree that was not bearing figs. And the Bible said he cursed it because it was not bearing its intended fruit. He taught us that in his kingdom, we are called to be fruitful and we're called to multiply and we're called to be fruitful in our season of purpose. On day three, it was a day of mixed emotions. Some would leave and others would come close. Judas would betray him and leave him and hurt him. But a young girl with a story named Mary, a girl that had all types of issues, she would crawl up to his feet and break open her alabaster box and the aroma of her worship would begin to fill the room. Her story would begin to fill the room because every story matters. On Thursday, it was a day of intentional revelation. He would teach his disciples about the power of communion, about the cup and the bread. He would talk to them about remembering the resurrection as we do today and how powerful it is. He would teach them how to be great in the kingdom of God as he would take a towel and wash their feet. And he would say, if you want to be great in this kingdom, you must be the servant of all. On Friday, it got gruesome. We call it Good Friday, but it was really a gruesome Friday because they took Jesus, this miracle worker, this one that they held the king, the one they declared Hosanna to, and the Hosannas were now gone. The crowds had now uh, disassembled, and we find that chants of crucify him were now in the air. And they took Jesus, and the Bible said they begin to beat Jesus, and they put stripes on his back for the healing of the nation. The Bible said they put a crown of thorns on his head. They pierced his side. They beat him so he was not even recognizable to those closest to him. And the Bible said they suspended him between earth and heaven as they put nails in his feet and his hands and they made a mockery of him as they put a sign that declared here is the king of the Jews and Jesus even though it was a bad week I'm telling you your week can change very quickly at the beginning of the week it was Hosanna by the end of the week it was crucify him now you think you had a bad week but the Bible said he looked up into the heavens and declared it is finished. What I started, I am going to finish. What I came for, I am going to finish. What I started out to do, I am going to finish. And help got confused. They thought he was saying, I am finished. Make no mistake. He was just getting started. He said, it is finished. And the Bible said the disciples went into mourning. Saturday got very silent, but Jesus took the keys of the kingdom back. And the Bible said on Sunday, They came to mourn and they came to the tomb to pray and to weep. But when they got to the tomb, there was no weeping because when they got there, the stone had been rolled away and the tomb was empty and there was an angel standing making declaration. He said, why do you seek the living among the dead? The one you're looking for is not here. He is risen. He is risen. And I'll tell you what happens in our life. It may be a Friday right now for you, but Sunday is on the way. It may be a dark day for you, but there's always a Sunday in your future if you know Jesus. Come on, put your hands together because he's alive. Every name has a story, but here's what you need to know. Every story matters to God. Every story matters to God. He sent his son to live out the story of the gospel the good news. That's the gospel message right there. Jesus came, he lived, and he died. 
And on the third day, he rose again. That's the gospel message. That's the good news of the kingdom. He came to live his story on display so that your and our story could be covered by him. One thing I love about City Life is we've got a a lot of stories. We have a couple that have been part of this church for many years. Matter of fact, Charlene has worked with us since we arrived. She works in our office, and I love Charlene. She's a uh, just a great lady and likes to laugh and we like to tease her because she's very gullible. And the thing about Charlene is you can play the same joke on her day after day after day. And she laughs. And But there was a part of their story I did not know. A part of their story I had not heard about because it was a secret. No one knew about this part of their story. And I want to share it with you today. Please watch the video screens. Hi, I am Charlene, and this is my husband, Linnell, and this is our story. Forty-two and a half years ago, on June 21st, 1975, there was a little boy that was born in Tampa, Florida. Unfortunately, his mom and dad had to make a big decision due to circumstances beyond our control. We were not able to keep him, and we had to let him be put up for adoption. It was very hard during those years when we were by ourselves because we had no family here. It was just the two of us. Linnell's two, our two daughters that were living in Toccoa, Georgia, eventually did come to live with us, but at the time, we were just by ourselves. We didn't have any family or any support that we could that we felt that we could depend on, and we just felt all alone. God was not a part of our life at the time. It was the hardest decision that we ever had to make because we really did want to have him in our lives, but we knew we couldn't take care of him. And I remember in the hospital after Ben was born, you know, every mother I can can relate to this, but it was like, what his hair looked like, what are his eyes, you know, does he have ten little fingers, does he have ten little toes, and I can still remember the nurse asking me, she says, I know you want to see him, please let me bring him to you, and I says, no, because I knew then if I looked at him and I held him, I would not be able to make that hard decision. Probably the second hardest decision I had ever had to make in my life because I had gone through a divorce and having to leave two daughters and now here a son is being born and I'm not going to be able to raise my son. So it was very difficult. And uh, But like I said, I was not serving the Lord at the time and so I had no I had no one to lean on. And so it was we were keeping it a secret. We had made up our mind that we were going to keep this a secret. It took us a while to really decide what we were going to do, and we were trying to find, obviously, a husband and wife to take care of our son. But God had other plans. He chose a beautiful lady, Leslie Hogue, to choose Ben and to want him and to raise him. He was never far from our hearts. He was never far from our thoughts and prayers. And I know until I always prayed for the day that we would get to meet Ben, I was scared of the day. I didn't know how he would react to us. I got a message on my computer that said, Hi, Charlene. 
I think you're my birth mom. I think that was probably the longest day in my life. Even though I had longed for the day, I was scared to death. I'll never forget that Sunday afternoon, and I texted him and I said, Hi, Ben, this is uh, Charlene and Linnell Dooley, and we would love to talk to you. Within five minutes, he called us, and of course, we all blubbered for about an hour, and just trying to catch up with our lives. We had made plans to get together for that Christmas, and but I was not able to wait that long. I said, Ben, I never got to see you. I never got to touch you. I have to know that I am not dreaming that you are real. And I, I, I just have to see you before that. So we flew him in here, and on November the 7th, we got to meet and hold for the first time. <laughs> he wasn't a dream, he was real. And I got to meet him. Well, one thing I remember about the story was that whenever we first flew him into Tampa, that uh, we were going to see who was going to get to hug him first. That was <laughs> that was exciting for us to to meet him, you know. And uh, we was talking on the phone with him, and he said, "I'm going to hug both of you at the same time." So she was wanting, she was wanting to see if she was going to beat beat me to him, and I was trying to see if I could beat her to him. And so we were just at there in the airport. I'm sure people thought we were going crazy. <laughs> Mother's Days were so hard for me. My two daughters made me always feel special, but I also knew that I had a son that was not with me. I didn't know where he was at the time, and I longed for that day to be able to spend time with him. That first Mother's Day, he sent me some flowers, and I just stood there in the office, and I was looking at him, and I remember Pastor Casey walked through the office and said, Charlene, are you all right? Because I was just standing there looking at these flowers. And I said, I just got some flowers from Ben. And she said, you've waited a long time for those flowers. My prayer has been, God, your words, your words. That's all I want. I don't, I want this to bring him glory because it is his redeeming grace. When, like Linnell said, we were not living for the Lord. And, um, but he turned it around and made something beautiful out of the situation. Just as Ben was never forgotten to us, we are never forgotten to our Father. Every number has a name, every name has a story, and every story matters to God. You know, I thought, about shit, Linnell and Charlene, 42 years ago in the South, interracial couple having a child, very little money, no support system, and they made a choice. No church family or not even knowing Christ. But one day a Facebook message changed everything. I love Charlene, I love Linnell. Now I love Ben. There's such a part of this house. But there was a story that I had never heard. The great thing is, is when their story was covered by his story. It took a few years. But God said, I'm going to fill those holes. 
I want to welcome today Linnell, Charlene, and Ben. Would you come today? and stand. There's not much more you can add to this, so go ahead and stand today. We had thought about surprising Charlene, but we were afraid we'd have to have another resurrection service. Because the day we told her, she about fell over. And uh, I told him yesterday, it's such a great family. I love Charlene. She's such a part of this. I remember one day we got a book in the mail. It was from a friend of mine, Dr. Tony Evans in Dallas. It was his new book, What White Christians Need to Know About Black Christians. I gave it to Charlene. I said, this may help you at Linnell. She laughed and said, thanks, Pastor. Told him yesterday, I said, you guys need to take a picture. We were at the Family Fun Fest. I said, this is Ben's first egg hunt with you and as a family. And you should have seen Ben hunt eggs yesterday pushed all those other kids right out of the way. I'm kidding. What a story. But greater than this story is his story. Because his story fills the holes. His story builds bridges to a tomorrow. His story is timeless and spaceless. You say, well, pastor, what does that mean? It has the ability to step into this now moment, speak over your crazy past and cover it, and at the same time, declare a greater tomorrow with one word, the word of redemption, a word of healing, a word of restoration. That buried place that no one knew about. Sorry every day. But I didn't know. But God knew. And at the right time, his story covered their story. Would you put your hands together for this family one more time? And say, I want to ask you today. Maybe you need his story to cover your story. Maybe you need to invite Christ Jesus into your life. Maybe today would be a day that you left here saying, Pastor, for the first time I ask him to be my savior. Or maybe you would say, Pastor, I'm a CEO Christian. You say, well, Pastor, what is that? Christmas, Easter, and other occasions. <laughs> hey, there's no shame. We're just glad you're here today. But maybe you would leave and say, Pastor, I want a relationship with Christ. I need his story in my life. I need his story in my world. Maybe you would say, Pastor, there's holes in my story. Maybe I'm a Christian, but just like Linnell and Charlene, there's something that I will never be able to fix. His story can. I'm going to pray with you. First of all, I want everyone in this room to pray. I'm not going to put anybody on the spot. But if you would say, Pastor, I need to accept Christ 
Jesus into my life, I want you to pray this prayer. If you're here and you say, Pastor, I just need a greater commitment to him, I want you to pray this prayer. And if you're here and you say, Pastor, I've just come and I'm going to step behind these and support them, which should be everybody, I want you to pray this prayer. If you're watching online, you can pray this prayer with us. And then I'm going to pray a prayer over you after we sing a chorus. And I'm just going to pray that his story would trump your story. His story would strengthen your story. I love what the Bible says in Philippians. God has exalted the name of Jesus and given him a name that is above any other name. The name of people, the name of cancer, the name of brokenness, the name of loss. Anything that has a name, the Bible said Jesus' name is greater. And then it says this, one day, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is the Lord and he is the King. His name is greater, his story is greater. And even if you have a great story and you say, Pastor, there's no buried treasure, there's no things that are lost, it can even be greater with Jesus. So if you want to pray this prayer, let me just repeat after me, and I'm going to ask everyone to do it. Say, Father, I need Jesus. I need a Savior. I need forgiveness. I need strength. I need direction. So today, I ask Jesus to be my Savior, to be my Lord, to forgive me of every sin. I want a relationship more than a prayer more than an Easter Sunday service but a daily relationship so I declare and I testify that he's my savior my lord and my king amen and amen thank you for joining us for today's broadcast our prayers that it ministered to and challenged your life if there's anything we can pray with you about or you have a testimony that you would like to share with us please send us an email at info at citylifechurch.cc Again, we invite you to be our guest at one of our three Sunday morning worship experiences, 9 a.m., 11 a.m., or 12.30 p.m., and Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Also, you can watch our services live on our internet campus by going to citylifechurch.cc or by downloading the City Life app on your smartphones and tablets. It was great having you join us today. See you next time.